I'm Stanley Leong with Hui Wong. Thank you for joining us today on Work It on CNA 938. What word association would you make when you hear the word opposites or polar? Well, you might think oppositional, divergent, extreme ends, different? even confrontational. But does it have to be that way? Does polarity have to mean division and distance or can it lead to better outcomes for you and me? That's what we want to investigate now on Work It as we have the time of the day of uh, Douglas O'Glocklin and Douglas is the author of and Enlightenment, a Polarity Thinking from Self to Society. Douglas is also principal of the Tao of Thriving, an associate consultant with the Civil Service College. That's right. Welcome to our show, Douglas. Uh, good to see you again. Yes, good to see you again and nice to meet you, Wee. And uh, I really love your show and I also love your voices. Um, maybe before I leave the studio, you can touch my forehead. I would love to be able to talk a little bit more. Like as long as our voices don't put you to sleep, that, that's and, a good uh, thing. Yeah, and the research that you do for shows and stuff, it's uh, very, uh, very inspiring. You're too kind. Um, yeah, I was just telling you about what I, the one I heard the other day is also mm-hmm. an inform uh, committee that I'm part of. So it's an, an very informative as well. So yeah. thanks, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. No, our, our, our deepest pleasure, uh, definitely. You know, but before we go on, Douglas, I'd like to share with you and our listeners a, a simple word game that I played with my four-year-old kid which, oddly enough, uh, felt like it drove home the point right at the end of this. So let's take a listen. Okay. Let's play the opposite game. Big. Small. Near. Far. Soft. Hard. Long. Short. Hungry. Full. Slow. Fast. Daddy. Polarity. Polarity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice one. Brilliant. That's, that last one is like really quite profound thought. Yeah. I know. I, I was like, of course he doesn't as a four-year-old know what polarity means. He didn't know what that word was, nor did he see it coming. But he, he just said polarity as well. It's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, so... I, I think it drives home that point, he's, but we're going to be getting to it. Even He's enlightened, I think. Already without reading your book. <laughs> <laughs> now, in your book, Douglas, you say you wrote it because you noticed that improving your ability to notice and manage polarities enhanced the quality of your life, your interactions with others, and your work with organizations and communities. Correct. That's a long sentence. Uh, please break it down and explain it to us. Okay, so I think the, I think all of us are somewhat familiar with polarities. I mean, yin and yang has been around for thousands of years. Hot, cold, what you're just, your little opposite game with your son is an example of those things. Mm. Um, I think when we were young, we we had a polarity called, uh, we had a study and we wanted to play. Um, we had toys, which we wanted to share, but we also wanted to keep. So yeah. these are all polarities of life. And I, I think... What I learned over the years, uh, and we guess what I'm talking about there, is instead of just managing individual polarities, it was helpful to learn that, wow, it's a whole field and, and a whole philosophy that as the world has become more complex, mm-hmm. uh, to pay attention to those opposites and see if some of them could become an and. 
So if you want a couple of quick examples, like for me, I'm like, I'm this tall, I know we're on the radio, but I'm like a tall Angmo guy. I'm um, a short Asian guy. Okay, yeah, <laughs> we go. So yeah, we have a nice polarity. Yeah? And we also, right, uh, mm-hmm. the yin and yang polarity, whatever. So, um, and I'm very, I, I feel very um, gratitude blessed to be alive and, and alive. So I'm seen as positive, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes delusional was the, I think was some of the, feedback I was sensing. So I learned that if I wanted to be effective, especially as a consultant or human being, how do I how do I show the gratitude and the optimism and also let people know to see that I'm in touch with reality. I'm not, you know, I'm in I'm a real authentic and I understand what's on the ground. Um, that would be one. Another one which is big and I think many people that I've worked with have really appreciated this. So we all have to do lists, right? Everyone has to do in your head or write it down, whatever. So um, came up with this idea of also having a to-be list. So yes, we have to do these things, but as we do them, how do we want to be? So do we need to be more assertive or curious or, um, you know, uh, to when we show up for things? And I think when we merge, like being and doing, mm-hmm. I, I think we become, we pick up our effectiveness a couple of levels those are a couple of quick ones, but um, many, many more. Or if I show a, a Singapore one, one of my favorite polarity statements actually comes from PM Lee. No. So, you know, in Singapore, and everyone out there, you can do this, and I'll ask we and Stanley also to answer, right? So when you, would you say as a society we're more focused on we need to get better or feeling really blessed for who we are as a country and all that? Which one, would you, which one is our favorite poll? Mm, um, tougher. <laughs> do we want to, you know, improve, get better? You know, I I sense that to be right. the, the motivation, and uh, that we don't have enough bandwidth to even appreciate the here and now. Correct. So, um, right, we sound about right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, we we talked about uh, with some young people about FOMO, the fear of missing out. Right. Yeah. So all these factors. Right, and and it's some of it is based in our reality, right? A little red dot, we're vulnerable, and and you know we need to make our way and Mm. and all that, not be complacent with who we are. So that's all very real. But PM Lee recognized that one of his uh, National Day rally talks a couple years ago, he actually said, "My wish for us as a country is that we have divine discontent, which is a very nice way of saying you know we need (laughs) to keep thinking about getting better." And that we count our blessings for what a great country we live in and all that kind of thing. So that that was an expression of a polarity, right? Mm. So divine discontent and count our blessings. So he was reminding all of us, right, as a country, that we can do both, you know? Because I know many people, I don't know if you, I'm sure you do as well, who it's always that striving, striving, striving and never feel, you know, satisfied. satisfied. satisfied and yeah. and. It's sort of a shame because this is what I guess all these has struck me is mm. why not do the and, right? Why not strive and also be in gratitude and feel blessed for what we do have? Right. Are you telling us to cancel out or and replace it with an and? Or are you saying you can still have the or, but let's give more attention and respect to and? Well, actually, it's a really perfect question. So there are oars in our life. Sometimes we do need to make a decision, you know, everything from, you know, where we're going to work, where we're going to eat, what are we going to do? How do we, we have decisions to make if you're, who are we going to hire? Mm-hmm. So there's many, many oars. Those are oars. Um, and, and then there's ands. 
So I think the key is to, is to notice when it's an and and not, not make a choice. I, I just heard when the other day uh, somebody was saying that their organization, um, they, they're not focusing enough on learning. So somebody said, well, if we want to make more time for learning, then we have to drop lots of projects. And that was like an or, right? We either learn or we work. Mm. Uh, and then somebody says, wait a minute here. Like, is there a way to integrate learning into what we do? So that's, what, that's like an and mindset, right? To think a little bit different. So yes, we need to make decisions, which are the ors, or the verses, you know, um, arsenal versus man, mm. city, whatever. So there are verses and ors, and there's a, a, a field called and, and I think it's, it helps to think... Is this an and or is it an or? Be clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. Because as, a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, because as you're uh, talking about that, you know, as a from a worker's perspective, it's like 24 hours. That's all we have in a day. That's why per, perhaps people are wondering how we're going to be able to merge the two together. Yeah, the work and the, and the, and the personal. Yeah. Yeah, so it's when I do a lot of workshops in this and one of the like opening polarity is... Uh, you can call it different things, but like active, productive, stimulated, and also fresh, refreshed, right? So that that's a polarity. So we have to, we got a lot to do, and we also want to feel like we're doing our best stuff. So when we do the two together well, we're kind of flourishing, right? Mm. And if we don't do them well, we don't get the, we don't mix them well or synergize them, then we get lethargic or languishing or, you know, we're, and we're not at our best. So one of the exercises we do, um, which I think people f find quite helpful, is what do you do to notice when you're starting to slip so, and catch yourself? So, for example, um, typical examples, people say, uh, I say, what, what do you notice if you're getting a little bit crispy so you're losing your effectiveness? They say, well, I'm short-tempered with people. I binge eat. I get distracted. Well, how do you notice that? And then take a five-minute break, have a cup of tea, go for water, take some deep breaths, whatever, and then come back up. And then what are the things you do over the longer term? You know, spend time in nature on the weekend or do whatever it is. So it's really pay attention to, to that. Otherwise, we slip down. Deliberate decision-making of daily choices. That's right. And really notice, right? Yeah. Because, and, you know, as a country, we talk a lot about mental health mm. and uh, people burning out. And mm. I think it's getting better at noticing it before we get to burnout. I mean, that's ideal, right? Uh, mm. and, and come back up, yeah. Mm. Would you say, Douglas, that one of the... Um, uh, core pillars of polarity thinking and understanding it well and applying it to our lives would would be that uh, need to reduce tension in in some sense because a lot of the examples that right at the start you had given it's all about pulling pulling apart it's about divergence um, but we, we're trying to bring some convergence in this or I think the word you used was synergy. Yeah, so I think um, th we can use different words. Uh, Barry Johnson, the guy who created like this kind of. I would say the modern version of yin and yang where there's a map and a process to work through that. Like he would call it leveraging the, the poles, right? And mm -hmm. it could be more than two. Uh, we call it synergizing the poles. So yes, it's exactly like what does the and uh, look like? Um, you know, many, yeah, many examples of what does that look like? Here, again, if you want a simple, again, there's levels of the system, right? All the way from self to society. But another self one I think we can all relate to is the idea like live every day to the fullest. It could be our last day. Mm -hmm. And we need also good to plan for the, 
just in case we stick around for a hundred years, we, <laughs> yep. we need to be ready for that, right? Mm. So that's uh, you know. So how do we do both? And I think it, synergy would be if we if we are if we feel like we're planning for the future, that would make our day to day life more rich because we would know that you know we're prepared for that, right? And if we live every day to the fullest, one day at a time, then our long life would also be. Uh, richer and happier mm. and more fulfilling. So that's what, like, if you bring them together, um, they can actually synergize together, not just be two separate things. Is that, is that sound about right, or is that? Yes, yes. Right? And I think uh, you did uh, include that in your book, didn't you? I Th- did that example. I, did. I, yeah. I gave a bunch of. I, mm. I think example. Hopefully, people find examples helpful and stories uh, of which I have. Uh, I've been told sometimes I have too many stories. But, no, I think stories yeah. are good. I think that the great way, great way to get a point across. Uh, mm. Sometimes, if it's just too theoretical and then it's not practical, again, that's polarity, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Mm. Um, now, polarities can also combust and spiral out of control. So, how should we work with polarities? So I think, yeah, that's a, a, a really important question because I think when they spiral out of control, it's because we're not paying attention to them, right? Because we swing from one side to another. So for example, if we go back to the question you asked about um, people burning out at work or you know not managing that work and personal life well. So if we don't do it well, we get a little bit burned out and then we take a break and then we take a break and then realize like, Oh man, I'm, my 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 inbox is filling up. Uh, my life is out of control, and then like, oh, I need to go back, and then they swing, and, and without really breaking, you know, without really looking at the whole cycle mm. and moving up. So, or if you look at organizations, you all, if you've been through enough organizations, organizations tend to centralize. Or, you know, if they have a problem, right, you can figure out, is it the problem because we're decentralized or, or centralized, right? So let's say we go in, we uh, organization, uh, we hear silos, so we're decentralized. So, okay, let's centralize some functions. And then you can wait a couple of years and you know what's going to happen next because after centralizing, we're going to, we're going to, people are going to start saying it's stifling. There's, we don't have yeah. their own flexibility. So now we're going to go back and decentralize. So that's if we don't, And then sometimes it's okay to do that. I think the key, though, uh, it can spiral out of control when it's not thought through and just say, okay, we're too centralized, we need to decentralize, you know, whatever that thing is. And we just go to the other side um, as opposed to being thoughtful. How can we, a lot of organizations I work with um, now are being a lot more mindful when they do decentralize or centralize, how do we make sure we don't lose the other Pole like MSF, I work with, and others where um, they they see the need to do more central or decentral, but they say, but there's advantages to the other pole. Mm-hmm. How do we capture those and make sure that we, uh, you know, we're doing our best to be mindful? Yeah. yeah. Are you saying that there should always be the middle ground that we must find in every situation? Uh, yeah, there's maybe because I, <laughs> I think about this stuff too much. Like the word, like middle ground or balance. Yeah. Is that a good word? It's okay la. It's an okay la <laughs> word, you know. Um, so ideally, it's like how do we, I, the, the you know, how do we get the best? Is there a way we can get the best of both worlds? Because things, yeah, like in uh, the middle ground and uh, balance sound sound like compromise. Yeah, so we're compromise. not looking at compromise. Yep. We're looking at is there a way or how to get 
the best of both worlds. Like, for example, one that is good for parents or, or if you're a leader out there, uh, challenge and support. So um, some, that's when if we don't manage well, we get really challenged. We get feedback that we're, you know, somebody gets feedback, let's say, in a 360 that they're so challenging and task-oriented and why don't you care about people? And then they swing to the other side and become very relational. And then a couple of years later, start getting feedback that they're focusing too much on people and not on getting things done. But do you think that this is a very privileged position to be in, to be able to, to think about balance? Because... You know, looking at individuals um, going through life, some of them, they may not have this privilege because they're living from day to day, paycheck to paycheck, or trying to make ends meet. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I think it's fair, and I maybe I'm delusional, right? Uh, <laughs> back to my that thing. But not. I think, <laughs> no, but I think everyone at, in any um, uh, situation can benefit from it, which is mm. kind of why I felt like to write this just to put it out there. Mm. Um, I've, I, I've worked with different people. Of all levels. All levels, yes. uh, different industries, a lot of social sector, mm. um, government, healthcare, lots of different mm. places. And it, it really resonates with people to think like, wait a minute, is there a way to, to do the end? Mm. When it comes to the corporate organizational setting, um, how, how can it work? How could it work? Yeah, so I, I guess over the last six years or so, I've, I don't know, dozens of uh, workshops that I've facilitated with leadership teams, leaders, uh, all different sectors, like, like Care Corner, FAYA, for mm. the, like social sector. Oh, you do even in nonprofits. Even yeah. in nonprofits as well as government, healthcare. So I do have lots of examples, maybe too many examples. But I guess um, for you know, the one thing I will start with is say the leaders that, I think everyone admires, I, I think we all know some leaders, whether it's a team or the whole organization, and th somebody who's really hired, uh, highly admired, um, when I ask the question about how they manage polarities and I explain polarities, they'll go, that leader is and, you know, they do it both. Like you won't hear a well-respected leader, you won't hear somebody say they're, they're a micromanager or they're too harsh or, you know, any of that, mm -hmm. they will, I will literally ask them the question, show them a list and say, how, how are they doing? And so for those of you who lead a team, any of us really, um, one way to think about what good leadership might look like is to look at the polarities and see which are the ones that can leverage. So for example, very tangible, I just what, did one recently uh, with a leadership team. And one of the senior leaders, like something happened in him and then he wanted me to do it with his department of like 50 people. And when he opened it up, he said, he actually apologized to the group. And he said, you know that I'm very direct and I no nonsense kind of guy. And when I learn about polarities, I learn I can be firm and direct and tell it like it is, but I can also be nice as I communicate. He actually gave this example. He said, I think my whole life, I'm kind of person like if I was a doctor, a physician, and I did a surgery and it didn't go well. Mm. This is what he actually said to his team, right? He said, and the surgery went, we did all we could and the patient died. He said, I'm the kind of guy that would go back to the family and say, the, the, or the surgery was really successful, uh, but sorry, uh, your family member died. Because <laughs> he said, that's how his life was. He just mm. tells it like it is. Yeah. You know? right. and Without then he realized, empathy and stuff. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. then he realized he can add empathy on top of that. Mm. 
And they said in the one or two months in between, when he learned it and when he was introducing it to his folks, that people have, re- including his bosses to his his team, noticed that he still tells it like it is, but he, yeah, he has an empathic, like a softer touch around the outside, and 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 it makes that much of a difference. So it's always about adding the other pole. It's not about being less direct or less nice. It's about how can we be more firm? Or because I have the other examples where people are too nice. Mm. And it's like, wait a minute, you, you, can be, you can be really nice and very polite, um, but if you really want to get things done, you sometimes need to be more firm. doesn't mean be less nice, you know, or sorry, one other example of an or, organization I work with where, uh, and this is leaders or organizations, I asked them to, to, to choose, like, if there was one polarity of this list that you could work on and become more effective, what would it be rather than the whole thing, right? Mm. So one very common one is like an organization that said, we're, ju- we're, we're, we're too nice and we don't talk about the truth. So uh, often, you know, like that, and we could be more direct. So they actually literally came up with a slogan for the organization called, we practice compassionate candor. And it's a kind of a message mm. in the culture to say, we're compassionate, we're empathic, we're nice, and, you know, we, we tell it like it is. And it's important that the leaders um, embrace that because then it, it affects the entire culture of the company. Yeah, and, and that's why it is good to work with the senior leaders as well because when they get it, they they really get it. And, like, there's one uh, but, very... But in, in your work, do you normally work with the top yes. level first? Yeah, and I think this work has gotten lots of uh, traction in the sense that the top teams, and and who and they like it a lot. And then they say, we we think everyone, you know, at least anyone who at least manages people. So they roll it out. Like I think I've done a few hundred with uh, IROS, uh, tax folks, and Synapse is the IT for healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, all these, and then they've said, yeah, let's. Let's rock and roll. This is really helpful for people. So it, it is helpful to have it because um, it, what do they say? The leader's shadow uh, casts itself on the, on the system in some way. So it does help. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also, uh, with polarity thinking, gives you the chance to notice your blind spots. Mm, yeah. Do, do you think that actually is uh, one of the, well, whether deliberate or, you know, just accidental um, outcomes of uh, polarity thinking. Yeah. Um, and, and so anytime anyone can get some feedback and if they can connect it to a polarity, then that, that's their blind spot, right? Because mm. many leaders will say, I'm introverted, I'm extroverted, I'm task focused, uh, I'm a people person, mm. um, I'm very consultative, I'm very directive. So people will label themselves uh, in, in a way which I think is unhealthy to do any labeling of ourselves or other people like that. Mm. I have a tendency to do this, but it's not like who we are, right? It's not an identity. So when they learn like, oh, there's a another poll or they get some feedback, then like the example I gave, they can go soften up, they can add something to their repertoire so that blind spot becomes a bit smaller. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you do throw in an example of Lego in your book, um, the Lego group and the 11 paradoxes of management. <laughs> Rattling a few would, would include um, them wanting to be able to establish a close relationship to their employees, yet keeping proper distance, taking the lead, yet receding into the background, showing employee confidence and being aware of their doings and to be tolerant and to know how you want things done. It's just, just some of them I'm rattling off from. 
the page 261 of your book. <laughs> I've already oh, gone thanks. to 261. Wow. <laughs> Kudos. Yeah, so um, I, when, you know, as I was doing this work over the last few years, I, I stumbled on that. So mm. apparently, uh, Lego in 1986 called himself a yin and yang organization. This is the CEO saying we are a yin and yang organization and developed that set of principles. Apparently every manager in Lego in the whole world has these on their wall um, and reminds them. And so it's, and it's all polarities. So it uh, seems to help them. They do, they seem to do pretty well as an organization, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, that's a, another way to think about that. Yeah. So given that uh, you also talk Talking about leadership and how they cast a shadow, of course, on, on the rest of the organization and teams uh, that they lead. How how is that going to be cascading down down the line, down the whole you know organizational structure, down to the the person on the ground, and even how they uh, end up you know being able to benefit from from polarity thinking? Yeah. Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> like we, we want that to really channel downwards rather than be stuck at the top level. We do, and and I, I guess. The more the top leaders are able to manage polarities in how they lead, it does help. Um, because actually, if, if you have leaders that swing, like, for example, one that I've seen quite a bit over the years is you have a leadership, a leader, for example, who's more directive. And then that person moves on and another leader comes in who's mm. very consultative or vice versa. Mm. What tends to happen and, and it's not always very helpful for the organization. Some people prefer directive. I like, you know, I like a firm, tell it like it is and give us our direction, right? So it's clearer for them and easier yeah. for them to work towards but, a goal. Correct. But then the other half, though, says, oh, but I really like being consulted. I really like a more facilitative approach. So actually, you create a polarized organization in some sense mm. when you have those kind of things that happen, when you, when you have a single leader or a transition. So that is, it's even more important than, I mean, I think your really question seems to highlight the importance of the higher you go, the more important it is for you to really think about how can you do the and as a leader, performance and people, take care of the external impact that you're having out there in society or in the country, and also look at the internal health. Because some will really be out of balance and it affects everyone. Like I work with many organizations, social sector in general, they, they're so focused on, you know, serving the people. I mean, really amazingly passionate people and so focused externally. I've had a few organizations yeah. come to me in the last year or two and say, and they say, can we focus on how we're doing as a team? And I say, well, can we also look at external? They go, that's what we've been doing for the last 15 years. Can we, can we like talk to each other and, and make sure we're healthy as well? Yeah, you know, yeah. so all, so the, the more senior leaders are aware of that. Um, then the more whole an organization can be. Because I, I feel very sad when I hear people saying, well, I like this style and that style. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, going back to the social sector, I guess if they're empty inside, there's nothing else to, much to give yeah, true. Um, to those that they serve. Yeah. But, you know, let's, let's even think about polarity thinking in, in a larger sense, um, beyond even organizations, looking at how chaotic this world is. Mm. There's so many, you know, um, divisions um, and, 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 you know, teams and uh, you know opponents, if you like, wars and and strains all around. Would polarity thinking, if our global leaders knew what it was or were able to embrace it more, um, be possibly a good solution to getting closer to 
making peace at all? Well, I'm idealistic, but I'm also idealistic and pragmatic. Um, oh, can I sneak in a quick one? On the work I do in organization development, one of the pioneers, is, his name is Ed Shine, and he used to come to Singapore a lot. He spent a, used to time with the EDB. You were at EDB, right, at some uh, point? Or part before, of the family yeah, at some point? That, yeah. um, and he wrote a book about EDB, which I think describes Singapore, by the way. And the, literally, the name of his book is called Strategic Pragmatism. Mm -hmm. So he was expressing us as a polarity, which I, I think is, is quite nice. But to your question, that's what I think we could use is a better polarity, you know, think about polarities rather than going oppositional all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and that could go for the countries. I mean, if you look at, so I know you, you read the news every day and you, it's part of it is the wars, but you, you hear some of the opinions and, and it just seems so extreme. Mm. Some, actually, somebody told me that the, polar, the biggest polarity, or I read about it just the other day, that often we, we think about Russia or Ukraine or Israel and Gaza. Actually, the person suggested in a, just a thoughtful way, maybe the polarity in play, use that word, is extremes and moderates. Mm. So the extremes are the ones pulling apart. Whereas all, you know that all these countries do have people who are more moderate who are saying, we don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. you know, there's got to be a better way. So I, I, think, I think it provides a little bit of hope. Yeah. And even in our conversations with people around these issues, when somebody says, I support this or I, we don't, you know, if we, if, if we say, no, I don't think so, we are creating our own little mini polarization mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, I see your point. I get where you're coming from. Can I offer a different perspective? Then, you know, then we can dance. Like, I, I hope it's okay to say this, but yeah. like, I'm from the U.S. And um, I, have, I have friends who are Trump fans and non-Trump fans. And I'm not a big Trump fan, mm. but I have friends who love Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when I meet them, I don't, we don't get, I, here's how I introduce. <laughs> I said, I'll, this is exactly what I do. I said, look, um, I know that we have different opinions, mm. and I, one of the things I think we have in common is that we have too much polarization in the country. And they go, yeah. yes, I yeah. agree. So mm. now we have some common ground. Mm. And I said, I know we don't normally talk about this, but can we prove that the two of us can have a sensible conversation around this and get to understand each other's perspectives better? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's. I think it's a, almost like a way of life to think about how to dance or, mm. yeah. you know. More matured way. Yeah, of, of and finding the common ground and common values and common goals, I suppose. Everybody wants the best out of any outcome anyway. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's, uh, there are polarities like we've been talking about, but there's also polarization and, yeah. and how do we get... How do we get the best of both worlds and you know, have mature conversations? Mm -hmm. And the best of both worlds can be gotten through this conversation you've just heard on CNA 938. And of course, getting a copy of the book, a hard copy of it. Uh, it's titled Enlightenment, Polarity Thinking from Self to Society, written by our guest Douglas O'Loughlin and published by Candid Creation. You can find uh, that book on Candid Creation's website. That's candidcreation.com. The book's also available at all major bookstores. Douglas is also principal of the Tao of uh, Thriving and Associate Consultant with the Civil Service College, our guest today on uh, Work It on CNA 938. Douglas, thank you so much. I thank you too, very much. For making Thanks. time. Hopefully it was helpful for those of you who are listening. I'm sure it was to them and to us.